once upon a time on a sad valentine in a place known as Anniger Mine. A legend began every woman and man would always remember the time. And those who remained were never the same. You could see the fear in their eyes. Once every year as the 14th draws near there's a hush all over the town For the legend they say on a Valentine's Day is a curse that'll live on and on And no one will know as the years come and go of the horror from long time What's happening everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. And you're listening to the Cinema Parlor. Stacy, how you doing, man? I'm good. Um, we've gathered here today to provide a normal format episode. We've had a lot of big stuff going on. Like we've, I feel like we've done a lot of big episodes, right, uh, for the winter, and we've got big stuff coming out. We've got a, uh, yep, we're, we've got a best of the decade that we had a special guest on for. Yep, and then we're gonna do a best of twenty nineteen. Yep, uh, pretty soon. So kind of wanted to do this one. You know, to kind of break things up a bit. Yeah, a a special Valentine's Day weekend episode. Yes, um, even though you will not listen to this on Valentine's Day, it is celebrating a uh, boutique release of a movie that came out Tuesday of this week, uh, the uh, Scream Factory My Bloody Valentine. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. We're going to dive deep into the film, have a good conversation. As deep as one could into that film. As deep as one can. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not as deep as one could. No. But we'll have fun doing yeah, it. Yeah, we'll hit the surface. What are you drinking? So, uh, today, uh, it's actually a, a, a nice day for me, uh, because I'm drinking, this is uh, called Bug Zapper. This is mm-hmm. from Avery Brewing. This is one of my favorite beers, and it only uh, happens uh, once a year. So this is a sour ale, and uh, it's an ale with lime zest, ginger, and mint. And so I would highly recommend, if anyone sees this at their local um retailer of the alcohol you should look into getting it because it is very good if you like sours so yeah what are you drinking man i'm drinking uh founders uh porter mm, okay and then once i finish that i have this lovely beautiful kansas city super bowl champion but light aluminum bottle yeah, it looks nice i bought several there's one on the office shelf that will remain unopened in celebration of the Chiefs' victory. Okay. But this one I'm I'm going to down. And it'll be probably the most delicious Bud Light that I've ever drank. Because it will have the taste of victory. Exactly. Very nice. Alright. Well, what have you been up to, man? Well, I don't want to talk too much about the movies I've been watching. Because that will not be exciting. Because we're just going to talk about that stuff again in a few weeks. Sure. I've been spending a lot of time trying to catch up with uh, 2019 movies and like awards movies and seeking out movies that have been on other people's best of the year list to like kind of fill out and then, you know tracking stuff down that I just want to see. I've been playing some video games though. I I've been uh, playing through Doom 2016. I want to finish that before Doom Eternal comes out in March. Very nice. Okay. How about yourself? What have you been up to? I'll uh, I'll name just a couple movies real quick. Um, I, as with you, I've, I've been catching up with a lot of 2019 stuff, and I still have a bit to go, so 
hopefully I can nail all that down. I did watch um, a new release from 2020. This is Gretel and Hansel, directed by Oz Perkins. Just came out a few weeks ago. Uh, it's a film that I think is very pretty and visually uh, interesting. Some very nice compositions, uh, but uh, overall, a bit of a snooze for only 90 minutes long. Um, at times, I struggled to get get uh, invested at times, but uh, you know, I'm glad I watched it. So, did you have good snacks uh, at the theater? I had I had a uh, kids combo pack, uh, which comes with popcorn, a mini snack, and a small drink for six bucks. For what it is, not bad, not not bad theater. But anyway, the movie was okay. You know, I wouldn't recommend it, but I don't think it's a disaster. Just, yeah. Um, other than that, one other movie uh, I would like to talk about real quick is uh, a movie called Suzaki Paradise Red Light. Uh, this is from 1956. So uh, anyone who has movie or who is interested in movie, uh, they are doing a retrospective on a director called Yuzo. Uh, Kawashima. Uh, I knew nothing about him going into this series, and um, they're having a huge retrospective of his work, and so it's a director I'm just learning on the fly, and I watched uh, the first film they put on there, and I quite liked it, uh, so um, I will just say if anyone is interested in learning about a new Japanese director, you should check it out. So they'll be doing a huge retrospect on his work. Then the last thing I will mention is uh, I've also been playing some video games myself. Mm. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, as a late birthday gift, I got a Nintendo Switch Lite, and uh, I'm liking it very much. And I'm playing, uh, thanks to you, I borrowed your Zelda Breath of the Wild game. Oh, did you start on it? I started it, and I am loving the game. I know I'm a few years late, but uh, I will say I'm having a great time playing it. It's um, one of the best designed games ever made in yeah, my it's, opinion it's fantastic i'm i'm still in the first uh little area the plateau yeah but i'm like i've spent <laughs> i've probably spent like six hours four to six hours there i'm just like just taking just it all in searching because it's it's a very interesting game is where like it doesn't ba it totally tells you nothing so like and games really aren't like that anymore so no. like Everything about it, like, you're just discovering for yourself, and so it's kind of fun, and just, like, searching that whole... Even though it's not, like, a huge area, it's pretty big for a start-out area. Like, yeah. I'm quite... I keep finding quite a bit of stuff and enemies to fight, and I fought, like, a mini-boss, a rock giant. Oh, yeah. Guy. You gotta climb on yeah. him and smack yeah. him and stuff. That was him, fun. And I've just been killing dudes and, and opening chests, man, and, and searching the trees and forests for food and i've been making food that's really fun in that game it is very fun <laughs> so yeah i'm having fun with that so that's been fun and then uh, other than that i've also been playing some borderlands 3 still which i'm really quite enjoying that game still i'm getting i think i'm like two-thirds of the way through the game now i'm taking my time with it i know but i'm having fun with it uh so yeah you know nice. good times games are great yeah yeah fun stuff it's a nice time of the year to like also do backlog because right. all the games have been delayed mm-hmm well, anything else for you, man? No. Um, okay. Like I said, all the movies have been new movies that we'll talk or mm -hmm. aren't interesting enough to talk about. All right. That works for me. Oh. Uh, you want to get into our subject for the day? Yes. So, in honor of St. Valentine's Holiday and that they released this wonderful two-disc uh, Scream Factory um, Blu-ray... We're covering My Bloody Valentine from 1981 uh, from director George Milka, Mihalka, Mihalka, 
He's you know, Canadian. It's a it's a name. So I'm pretty sure this film was one of those that um, I think taxpayer money paid for it, like how a lot of Cronenbergs were financed, like in Canada. Sure. It was actually released by Paramount Studios, so it had the the financing, like the advertising budget from a major studio. So it. Uh, I want to say it wasn't the biggest hit. It, it's more mm-hmm. of a cult hit than it was a hit at the right. you know time. It was coming kind of at the end of the the Halloween ripoff yeah. movies. Yep. Um, Into the slasher fest. Yeah, because it, it, it was uh well like nineteen eighty is like the big year right for that stuff, and then it kind of like slows down, picks back up in eighty four with Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, it, we're really talking about, like, a one, two-year lull. Right, right. But um, what what are your initial thoughts on this film? Do you, do you like this movie? Uh, okay, so I watched... This has probably been... This was probably the third time I watched this movie. Uh-huh. Uh, just for anyone interested, we watched the unrated gore cut uh-huh. on this. Um, so there are two different versions. There's a there's the theatrical version that cut out, like, a lot of gore. This version we watched is, I think, like, three minutes longer and uh, has gore put back in, so that's nice. Um, but, I've, yeah, I've seen this movie a few times in life. I, I remember when I was younger, I, I quite liked it. Um, watching it now, um, it's it's still entertaining. I, I don't think it's a very, like, a very great movie, but um, yeah, there are things about it I like, and I think it's a fun movie to talk about, and it's entertaining, but I wouldn't say uh, it's a good movie. Like It's, it's a mixed bag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I did watch the features, so um, while speaking on the mixed bag, here's a quote that I really enjoyed from the director. Okay. Um, he said that he was, his intention was to make the deer hunter of horror films. Oh, wow. Okay. That was the ambition behind this sort of... <laughs> Weird minor town Degrassi drama. I mean, you do get a lot of weird, uh, you know, uh, this th- kind of threesome melodrama going on. Yeah, and there's a lot of flannel. Yeah, a lot of flannel. So, I Absolutely. mean, I guess maybe. No, he tried. He tried. <laughs> um, Seems like we're on the same wavelength on this then. Yeah, Um. so I, I like this film. I do like this film. It is a flawed movie. Mm-hmm. It, it's not as entertaining as some of the others Halloween ripoffs, but what I will say about this movie that I find quite remarkable, I think the look of the killer, the Harry Warden yeah. look, yeah. the minor, mm-hmm. that is a striking yeah. look. It's a very cool look for a slasher. It is. Um, I also like his breathing. Yeah, the breathing is mm-hmm. awesome. Um, I also like the location. The like the mine yeah. is you know, the location for half of the film and it's a really good location. And there's, that's another thing about this film. There are moments in the movie where it's actually shot really well. Right. And then there's moments. It's like, what are you doing with your camera? Why is it there? That doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. And then it's like choppily edited in certain spots. Sure. It's just, it, it, yeah, it's a mixed bag, but, um, yeah. in conceptually, another thing I like about this movie and, there's some other movies that tackle horror in this sort of way. I like that Harry Warden, it's kind of like a legend, like this folklore thing that haunts this town. Yep. And, you know, there, there are other movies that do that to where it's not like a traumatized teen. It's, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, it, 
spoilers, you know, for later in the thing. If you haven't seen this movie, you know, and you're worried about spoilers, go watch it before you listen to this, because we're going to spoil the hell out of it. That's right. But, uh, you know, movies like The Burning and uh, Prowler and stuff, they, they... they build like a mythos around, you know, the killer. Yeah, uh, Friday, Friday the Thirteenth does that. Um, yeah. by we'll talk you know, a, number two. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah, um, like when we get into the movie, because there's a funny thing that uh, a person giving some pre warnings. Mm. <laughs> well, <laughs> let, let's get into the movie, man. Um, so, so you got your main characters. You got TJ. Um, I guess, do you want to read a synopsis? Yeah, let's do that. It's been a while since we've done that. Let's get into our groove. Let's do this. All right. So, cross your heart and hope to die. 20 years ago in the sleepy mining town of Valentine Bluffs, a fatal mining disaster occurred on Valentine's Day while some of the crew was decorating for a party. The sole survivor of the accident killed the remaining crew members and warned the town not to celebrate Valentine's Day again. When a group of teenagers decide to defy that order, a murderous maniac in mining gear begins dispatching townsfolk in bloody and creative ways. That is thanks to Letterboxd. It's not entirely accurate. There are no teenagers. That's, that's <laughs> true. All these people are working like blue-collar guys in their 20s and 30s. Yeah, it's very... It, I th- I will say I don't think the movie does a very good job of like explaining their ages because it seems at times like I agree with you they're supposed to be like adult workers but the way they're treated by everyone in town is that they're teenagers right it's, it's very odd <laughs> but they don't look like teenagers no no they they definitely look like they're in their thirties and the work that they do is not right for teenagers yeah and like it's set up though like for this party and dance it's like it's like how almost like. Uh, how chaperones would be at, like a high school dance, or, like, yeah. the way it's orchestrated. It's, very it's got a very odd. like footloose feel. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's very odd. Yeah, it's very forbidden. Yeah, don't do it. You know. So you you have yeah. this character TJ uh, TJ played by Paul Kelman. Yes. Uh, looking at his stuff, he I it didn't look like he really did much else. Yeah, he's uh, in th- something called Terra Nova. Here's the thing, though. I thought that in. I might be completely wrong, but I feel like he has a young Oliver Reed vibe about him. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. He, he's... Like, like, I'm getting, like, Oliver Reed from Hammer films. Yeah, he's a handsome-looking dude. Yeah. Yeah, he, he's handsome mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. Um, you also have uh, his counterpart um, in Romantic Foil, Axel, played by Neil Affleck, who actually is a... Um, Working animator, he he's done stuff like Family Guy. Okay, okay. Um, he's done a bunch of stuff, so that's pretty cool Very to nice. like. You Just know. yeah, noticed. Uh, it looks like he was in the movie Scanners. Uh Canadian film star. How about that? Watch, I have not seen that movie in a long time. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then you have Sarah, who's played by uh, Lori Hallier. Yes. And um, I, I what the most famous thing she was probably in other than this is uh, Night of the Twister, that TV movie with Devon Sawa. Yeah, looking through her filmography is um, a lot of uh, things I have never heard of. If I'm being honest. Well, you've heard of Night of the Twister. Night of, of the course. Twister. Yes, yeah, so obviously. Who hasn't? Right. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I oh, she was like... in something called Christmas Inheritance in 2017. How about that? Yeah, she's still working, which is awesome. Hey, Andy McDowell was in that, so yeah. Um, and then you have the star of the movie Hollis, um, who's 
mustache. Oh my god, I'm glad you said that. I love this guy. He's the most likable character in the film. Uh, he's played by a gentleman called, uh, named, called. <laughs> no, no. Uh, he's uh, Keith Knight. Yes. Is the actor's name. And he actually went on to do, like, somewhat famous films. Like, he, yeah. isn't, isn't he in, uh... Of Unknown Origin with Peter Weller. It's the yeah. the, the Kill Rap movie. Yep. And the, uh, isn't he in some other big yeah. stuff? He was in uh, Meatballs. Yeah, Meatballs. He was also in Class of uh, 1984. There you go. So, yeah, a decent decent career for him. Um, he has one of the best mustache games I've ever seen. Like, he he is a striking-looking man. He's He like, calls attention to himself. And I, yeah. I will say, this is a flaw of the film. Not, you know, that his mustache upstages every actor in the movie. It does. But I I think that the movie does not do well with establishing characters. And that might sound not important for a slasher film. But if you think about the best slasher films, it's like you know who those yeah. characters yeah. are. And I feel like we go a good 30, 40 minutes into this movie... Before we understand the dynamics of, like, well, what character is important? Like, who am I following? Yeah. yeah. And there's too many yeah. fucking characters there to begin lot. with. A lot of, like, uh, the movie starts out, around. and there's, like, that party has, what, like, 50 people in it? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. And, you know, I will say this. You know, sometimes you and I don't see eye and eye on, like, character stuff always. But, like, for this movie, I'm, I'm with you 100%. Like, there's so many people. Now, I'm not saying this is the movie's fault completely, but it's, it's somewhat of its fault. But... For me, I actually, <laughs> uh-huh. but I did not actually hear Hollis's name. Like I didn't. I the whole time I just in my notes I kept writing "mustached man." Right. It took me until like the last thirty minutes to realize his name was Hollis. Mm-hmm. And again, not always important. I think here it was just because you have so many characters, like right. you said, and it's someone that is like kind of charismatic, and so you'd like to like kind of know. Well, and I don't think you even get Axel's name until like yeah, it takes a, a half hour well. until the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and like with other characters, we have like you know the chief of police is just named Chief. Like we don't ever have a yeah, name for him. And, mayor. Like, the mayor is just Mayor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah, they're they're not like <laughs> dynamic characters, right. which. For some of these films, it doesn't matter too much. Sure. But uh, I, I feel like the best films in this genre, like Halloween, you know who all those girls are. Right. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. It's like you have these very entertaining yeah. characters right. or you you have characters that you care about. Yeah. And you also know like the character who is trying to like fend off the evil or like Dr. Loomis, for example. Yeah. Like you know these like you know them, who they are. Yeah, this one doesn't really follow um, slasher movie rules because you don't... I wouldn't say that Sarah's a final girl. Um, right. You know, she, she just happens to be stuck in the middle of a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> of two guys. Yeah. Yeah. A clash of wills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so let's get into some things that stood out in the movie. Uh, this opening sequence... Ah, yes. Is... I, I called it a minor's life is a wonderful life if it's any life indeed. That's a good thing to say. I, I Mineshaft sex seems dangerous. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why you would do it. Yeah. The lady has a nice heart tattoo above her... Yeah. On her heart, I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I do like the way that she strokes his breathing pipe as if ah, it were yes. a big old dick. That was that was very nice. Yeah. yeah. It was a nice touch. But I, I feel like the sequence isn't really needed. It's kind of like a... Um, mm-hmm. It's like a, a precursor, like a flash of like, haha. Because you, 
I feel like the movie... My biggest problem with this movie is structurally, I feel like the story... Like, the story is interesting. I think it's an interesting story. I think structurally it's told in a way to make it the least interesting way to tell the story they're telling. Mm -hmm. So, you have this opening scene, and it feels like you don't know what time you're in. They, they talk about Harry Warden after that, right? Right. So, is that a flashback? Well, no, you don't find out until later into the movie that, like, that heart that's first delivered is that girl's heart because the yep. coroner says, oh, it's about a 30-year-old girl. You're right. Which, you know, not teenagers. That's true. Yeah. But, um... Yep. So, for me... Nice, nice observation there. Yeah, so structurally, for me, the story of Harry Warden is actually really cool. And the flashback stuff is cool. Yeah, it's a good backstory. But, like, here's what I don't understand. You don't have enough... There's not enough story. There's not enough meat mm -hmm. to, like, really take up all the time that they're using, right? Right. Why don't you make the first 20 minutes the past? Mm -hmm. Like, show Harry Warden's rampage. Show that, like, what happens. And then cut forward. Yeah. And, like, you could even do it in the form of, you know, how, like you know, Friday Part 2 does as, you know, campfire story, like, lore, right. you know, being built up. And I, I feel like the movie's lore is good, but it's kind of squandered because, you know, it's kind of jumping all over the place. Yeah, it's also weird that, like, none of these characters until, like, really the bartender, like, starts talking right. about them, like, None of these characters seem very much aware of the past. <laughs> Yeah. Like, it's it's very strange. But like, obviously, this was a big event. The old people talk about it constantly, do, right? mm -hmm. but the audience isn't really clued yeah. on, in on it because you don't really get the information mm -hmm. that you need to care about the first 20 minutes of the film right. until that bartender goes on his little spiel. Sure. And I, I just feel like if the movie was structured differently, yeah. um, I, I think that would work better. You know, something like a Prowler where, you know, you see the past and then it's mm -hmm. like... Now we're in the now. Sure. And, like, that's why, you know, these these things that happened, that's why this is important for now. I think that's solid observation. I can't disagree with your take on that. I think you make a good point. Another thing that I have noted, mm -hmm. and I don't know how you feel about this. Boys showering and lathering up? I mean, we didn't... This movie is very, very much no nudity. Like, it's it hints true. at sex, yeah. and it's like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Sorry I interrupted you. I mean, you don't even get a soapy male bottom. No. No bottom. No ladies' breasts. No? No. No nothing. Nothing. No, nothing. Yeah. Disappointed. <laughs> uh, the music is yeah. terrible. It, it, <laughs> I um, <clears throat> So, I, I wrote down... So, like, the, after you see, like, the guys showering and then they have some, like, weird locker room talk going on. Yeah. Uh, after this, they all get in their cars and, like, there's this weird little montage of, like, country, like, hillbilly song mm -hmm. playing. Like, it's really bad. Yeah. It's it's pretty bad. But even the horror music <laughs> is bad. Yeah. And, yeah. like, it, it never gets, like, like a, a music, like, a motif going. Like, there's never... You know, there's not even, like, a generic, like, horror soundtrack to back yeah. the scares. And I think it affects the scare scenes. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's disappointing because, like, 
I think the credit song, the the ballad of Harry Warden. Right, that's a good track. It's a good track. Right. The one that plays at the, the yeah the end credits. Yeah, yeah. it's like why yeah. why wasn't that in there earlier? Yeah, I agree, and and that's one thing you know I I know I've talked about on this pod before about um, how important for me rhythm is to a movie, and I think that is something that is lacking in this film is a good rhythm, mm-hmm. whether it be musically or through editing or you know yeah <laughs> yeah um town decorating committee yes yes. We have uh, Mabel. <laughs> yeah, we do have Mabel. Yeah, we get to we meet a few people like through, um, through uh, other characters saying names. So we meet Howard. Um, he's he he enters the film with like these weird heart glasses. Uh huh. Um, we realize he's kind of like the comic relief type right. character. Um, we yeah we meet Mabel. She's the decorating committee. All herself. But, well, I don't know. Like, no, aren't all okay, the miners' okay. girlfriends on the decorating oh, committee? Right, Gretchen as well. Yeah. Got her. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Um, we realize this is the first Valentine's dance in 20 years. It's a long time. Are the only people that live in the town mm-hmm. those, like, four old people and then the minor <laughs> kids? I mean, that's the only people we ever see. <laughs> I, like, unless at the end, then we just get random people that start... Like driving in the driving cars, in, like yeah. as a mob, as, as the mayor has or the chief has just right. He's waiting. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that anyway. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just a few old people and a lot of a lot of miners. Yeah, the the decorating not not young miners, but mining miners. How do you get? Is that a volunteer thing or are you elected? Was Mabel elected or did she? She was just the only one who would do you it. You know, I I think she's the only one that would do it personally. I mean... But everyone's so excited. They are. We, we do find out, you know, she owns a laundromat. So, I mean, she has uh, a big part of the town, you know? Right. So, you know, I, I think it was, you know... Wait, she- wait a minute, wait, wait, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> she owns a laundromat, therefore she has a big part of the town. That's is true. Is what you just said. I mean, what do else you do think she's see? like a gangster? Yeah. Be serious. Dude. I mean, her and the mayor run the town. <laughs> so, you, Mabel is the second most important character in the town. Absolutely. I mean, what you're presented, you're probably not wrong, but I, mean, I just think it's funny that your thoughts are, she owns a laundromat, therefore she is a big player in the town. Look, I'm just saying. Who, who, Okay. Tell me I'm wrong. I I'm not gonna tell you you're wrong because why they, why did he why did she get killed like early on? Well, he, because she had to decorate. Yeah, he had to take her out. Well, because you know Harry Warren said the dance cat happened. Yeah. Well, you take out the head. You know. Yeah, you're not wrong. I just thought the sentence, just your phrasing of all of that. She owns a laundry mat, therefore she's important. I stand by it. It's funny. <laughs> oh man. The acting in this movie is very bad. Yeah, it's not great. Like, outside of Hollis, is there anybody that you're taken by in this film? No. That was just a note I had. No, yeah. Uh, yeah, you're and, right. And I don't think, like, the, the, the people in the film, like, are bad. It's just, like, they're not given any meat. Yeah, right. I'd agree with that. Because, like, I, I think, like, TJ, the guy who plays him, I mean, you know, he actually, like, shows, like... He's a presence in front of the camera. It's just, right. he's not given anything to do. Yeah. No, you're not wrong. Um, so, yeah. we Also, during this decorating committee, we meet the mayor. We meet the police chief. Right. We meet these guys. So, you know, uh, 
basically it gets into it. Uh, someone leaves the mayor a Valentine's box of chocolates. Uh-huh. Uh, that we think are chocolates. Uh, turns out it's the heart. Of Did you ever think they were chocolates? Maybe the first time I ever watched it. Uh-huh. Maybe I was like, because I, you know. Right. You know, young, dumb, I didn't know. So you maybe know, I was you like, know the gimmick. You know, maybe maybe the, the police just, just got a, a nice present, hopefully, from Mabel. Mm. You think the chief and Mabel had a thing going? He is married. Well, look, if Mabel's as prominent in the town as we think she is, she's got a lot of pull. And you think she was pulling a lot of chief? Yeah. All yeah. right. Count it. So, yeah, it ends up being a heart of the, uh, of the lady we see... Uh, the you know, heart tattooed strumpet. Yes, the heart of the heart. Um, yeah. So tough break. Uh, the the mayor has a breakdown. Can't believe it's happening again. Right. No, he's he's pretty upset here. Um. So then after this, uh, we get we get to meet the bartender. Uh huh. I love the bartender. Actually, he's my second favorite character in this movie. Next to Hollis. Yes, uh, the bartender. And so he gives the warning about the uh, Valentine's Day, and uh, he he tells them uh, that the town is cursed. So I wrote down um, very great uh, crazy Ralph vibes from Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. So that's what I was talking about earlier that we bring up. Um. So as uh, anyone who's watched the Friday the Thirteenth movies, at least the first couple, we have. Crazy Ralph, who always gives the warning of, it's a death curse. Right. And that's kind of what this bartender without a name. Uh, yeah, I don't think he... They, I don't, this bartender, man. I don't think he has a name that's yeah. given, but he, he gets some screen time. He does. Yeah, he, he gets to play a joke later on. So... Many years ago. Here Here's something I'm curious about. How do you feel about... What makes up the meat of the movie, the love triangle between TJ, Axel, and Sarah. <laughs> I w- how do you feel about this Canadian drama? Well, as someone, The deer hunter of horror films. As someone, as you know, as someone who loves melodrama, uh, I, d- I was not taken with this um, with this triangle. You don't think it was like the Canadian Douglas Cirque? Sadly not. Um, you know, but look, teach their own, you know. If you guys out there, if, if you love some... TJ and Sarah and Axel action. Were you not rooting for either guy? I mean, I I mean, I was only rooting for Hollis. I was like, he should be going in there and getting. But Sarah. he already has a girl. Yeah, but it seems like like he just pimps the whole movie. It seems like any lady that's around him, like embraces him. Like he he has an aura about him. He has a uh, a strong likability. Question. Yeah. You're casting director for this film. You see the guy come in that is going to play Hollis. Yeah. Do you change the script? You make the movie... I see his look. Like, you you, you shoot him over to the director and you're like, yeah. this movie needs to be about Hollis now. Yeah. I, I, I would make him say a few lines first just uh-huh. to make sure that he has the uh, character to match the... And he does. Outside. And he does. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. F those two, man. Hollis all day. Hollis is pretty freaking. So awesome. yeah, yeah. Uh, this this love triangle to answer your question does not do it for me. I think the movie loses some pretty decent steam. Yeah. During during these scenes, I mean, I also just don't care about. Them. Like it should just be, <laughs> it should just be like a stupid. Right. Like, I think the movie should have been more lore focused. Uh-huh. Like the Harry Warden. Like, is he back? Is he not? What's going on? Yeah. Yeah, it terrorizing a, these, you know. It does a poor job with that. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's a, that's a bummer. <clears throat> so, yeah. Um, what do you got next? What do you think about Mabel and the Dryer? Okay, so yeah, we get kind of our, our second death scene here. Um, you know, I it, we get a interesting first-person perspective from the killer. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know... Uh, I will say that's another thing that the director talked about is that he talked about his influences for the film and, you know, outside of, you know, trying to make the Canadian deer hunter, uh, he cited Black Christmas. Okay. Which, you know, okay. a phenomenal Canadian right, yeah. horror film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sorry, I didn't drink. That makes sense. It, it's an okay scene. I don't mind that scene. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's anything. I think the reveal of her in the dryer looks uh, better than like memorable. her kill. Right, right. I think her in the dryer is somewhat memorable. Yeah, that's kind of disturbing. It's pretty gross when uh, the poor mayor finds her. Yeah, tough day. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, the killer leaves out a a uh, you know box for her to put that heart in. Um, next, I, I think after we see Mabel get killed, I wrote down a <laughs> scene of, uh, whiskey and harmonicas. Uh-huh. So... Oh, have... <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, are they in, like, a junkyard, or... Yeah, they're just, they're just all hanging like... out and drinking, and, like, I think there might be a fire going on. Yeah, I, I, I think there is, like, a little bonfire. Yeah, so Axel and TJ, um, obviously, I think we're supposed to understand they used to be friends. Right. right? And so we actually get a scene of them two uh, trying to work the differences out here. TJ left. Yeah, TJ left. To go do something that they don't talk about. Yes. yeah. And he fails at whatever it is. Yeah. And so he was dating Sarah. When he left, Axel took over. Yeah, he stepped in. Yep. And now he's back and, uh, well. He doesn't want to give her up. That's right. You can't blame the guy, you know. TJ left, I mean. Right. I, you know. You know. We'll talk about Axel more later, I'm sure. But um, anyway, so, you know, Axel, Axel and TJ just uh, are sharing some whiskey, and then all of a sudden, um, Axel starts playing a harmonica, and then TJ, busts TJ one out. pulls one out and starts joining him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a weird scene. Good stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, some artificial camaraderie. Yeah, exactly. Um, so next, uh, after kind of all this, uh, we find out uh, that the mayor and the chief believe that Harry Warden, they kind of find out, you know, obviously some people are getting killed. They're worried. They find out Harry uh, Warden, they think, has escaped and mm-hmm. he is killing again. So, like, they try to, like, get a hold of, you know, the mental institution he was in. Or right. Whatever. The lady is like, oh, we have no files. We don't know what's going on. It's going to take forever to look at the microfilm. Yeah. And the, the, the chief's just like, this is unacceptable. Yep. Call me back. Yeah, not good. Um, so that goes on. We find out, um, we like we just talked about a second ago, Mabel's body, we see her yeah. in the laundromat. Pretty gnarly. Um, the chief... Oh, I'm sorry. The chief found her. I said the mayor earlier, so I apologize, everyone. The chief finds Mabel's body inside the dryer. Mm. Um, <laughs> next, we get um, some fighting between the boys in the mine. Right. Yeah, they, they have a scene in the mine. Yeah. It has to be broken up. Pretty ridiculous. Um and the chief wants to keep uh, Mabel's murder a secret. They don't want everyone to know that... Uh, she had a heart attack. Yes, she had a heart attack, so there, there's not people getting murdered. They don't want the kids to know this. Uh, the, the killer... Um, we we learn that after like he starts killing his victims, he leaves little poems. Yeah. Um, so the killer leaves chief a poem. Clue that he should cancel the Valentine's dance. Yes. 
Oh, yeah. Great stuff. Um, what do you got? Anything? Well, um, I think we're getting up to, like, the bartender stuff. Yes. Uh-huh. So, they plan a party at the bar after hearing the bartender's story. Um, you know, we said there was no nudity in this film. It, there's actually... Um, where they sit in the bar, there's little photos hung up of naked oh, yeah. girls. You're right. So I guess you got that. Okay. Shame on us. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I, I also, like, during all this, I keep running down. I wrote this down, like, multiple times. I'm just going to keep talking about yeah. it because I love him. I just, because I didn't know his name, Hollis. I just keep writing Mustache Man is Brilliant. Wish we had more of him. Yeah. It is nice that he becomes, like, a central character. It's true. Later yeah. in the film. Yeah. We did um, get more of him. But here's the thing. That's that's the thing with the first half of this movie is you have no idea who the central characters are. Right. You know, so much stuff's going on and, like, nobody's established. Yep. Uh, yeah, so, like, we get more TJ and Sarah. So, like, here they're by themselves. Yeah. They go for a walk. Uh, Sarah asks why he left. Yeah, I didn't... I honestly... I didn't write down any of the, uh, the triangle stuff other than, like, a flat-out, like... Mm-hmm. This is an element of the story. Like right. those scenes don't excite me. They're they're pretty, pretty poorly. Done. I don't think they do really. They don't really do anything to push the story forward. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's kind of like hitting the same note over and over again every time yeah. you go to one of those scenes. It really is one of those things where you kind of understand the dynamic. Yeah, that's really all we needed. Right. We don't need scenes yeah. continually happening. Of and you know maybe it would be different if like things were presented in a fun way. But the fact that like is very serious yeah what's going on it's just it's just not that interesting to me yeah but uh so the bartender yes. finding out that they are going to have uh this party a secret party at the mine yeah. after the party's been canceled yeah. mm-hmm. he's gonna go play a trick because yeah. they don't care about his harry warden story so he sets up a minor outfit <laughs> on like a, a device I on the door scene. I did too. Um, he keeps opening it. Um, you kind of have the the comedy thing of the rule of three, right? Right? Does, does yeah. he open it three times? That's right. And mm-hmm. then after he opens it, after the third time, uh, yeah. it's actually uh, the Harry Warden. Yeah, it turns fatal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? This is. Go ahead. What do you think of this kill? This is a weird kill. Here's why. I don't know if you noticed this. I watched it like back two, three times because you know how I get some yeah things. So. When he when he he has his uh, pit uh, pickaxe is that what yeah yeah he tells people so it looks like he stabs the bartender in the stomach to me oh okay but what happens is is he actually like it actually stabs him through the head yeah that's what I got and the eye pops out on the side now this is just me after you know because I was a little I don't know why I I had I don't know some things just hit me sometimes okay. when I see them and I see something like that structurally did not fully make sense to me. Okay. So sometimes I watch it. I've watched it a few times. It's a weird cut. It, you know, it is what it is. He gets a, he, he stabs him in the eye. It looks like he's stabbing him in the stomach. So, so is the cut where, like, <laughs> is it... The stuntman goes to attack right. the bartender. They probably make a cut to yeah. put a fake head in. Yeah. And it looks weird. It looks like when, he, when he's swinging it, it looks like it's the bartender... Uh-huh. Is bit over, 
and it looks like he is shooting for his stomach. I see. And then when it cuts, it, it comes up. See, I didn't notice that. I was just appreciating the, the pickaxe through the bottom of the jaw yeah. pushing no, the eye it, out. It looks really good. And, and I, I thought it looked good. It's it's a small quip. I just yeah, thought yeah. I would mention it. No, I, no. It, when you do see jarring editing, which this film is full of it, yeah. it... Uh, it, it does make you kind of lose what's going on in the movie. Sure. But it is a good gore effect, absolutely. Yeah, with the with the eye, the eyeball there. Uh, so, tough break for the uh, the bartender who gave warnings. Now, I will be honest. Yes. From here on out, story-wise, yeah. I wrote nothing down. Okay. I only wrote stuff down about the kills because I did not care about what okay. was happening in the movie. Well, that's, I, other than the kills. That's scenes. totally fine. So... <laughs> Um, okay. Well, then let's talk about some kills, okay? Um, so after this, um, you know, they have their, their party they're starting, you know? Yes. It's kind of like in, it's in the mine, but it's like, is it like a red like hall? A, or yeah, a red hall. Yeah, because they have like a pool mm-hmm. table in there. Yeah, some, some kit, like. They're making, uh, tables. Hot dogs. <laughs> yeah. So this is, uh, this was one of my favorites. Just because, um. Why do movies, <laughs> why in all these 80 horror films, is yeah. there like boiled hot dogs? Yeah. That grosses me out, man. It, um, why do people boil yeah, hot dogs? Hot dog water. Oh, it's so fucking yeah. gross. You know what? It makes, this is completely off subject, but I'm just going to say it real quick. There's a uh, podcast I listen to uh, called the Mazodcast for any sports fans out there. It's for Missouri uh-huh. football. It's a Missouri football podcast. And they have a line drop when like just bad things are happening. Yeah. Like I don't know what movie it's from or what line it's from, but they just have a line drop of someone saying hot dog water. <laughs> and I, <laughs> that's all I could think of when I saw this Dude, guy getting when boiled. I think about boiled hot dogs, I think about that... <laughs> Which, my memories, I I have a terrible memory. I mm. hardly remember anything. You know, I, I remember our friendship because I see you every single day. Obviously. Um, but mm-hmm. outside of that, don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. Something I do remember. Hopefully I never move away. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm going to be like that like old lady in the notebook. <laughs> Count it. Yeah, will you be my James Gardner? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so... In high school, you get the hot dogs, and I think they're the boiled hot dogs, yeah, right? Yeah. I mm-hmm. fucking bit into right. one, yeah. and it shot hot water into my mouth. Yeah. That was messed up. Freaking gagged me. I remember that day. Like, that is the freaking worst. Yeah, hot dog water is nasty. Like, people that boil hot dogs are serial killers. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're the worst. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I mean, I don't even know what this guy's name was who got who got killed in the hot yeah, dog water. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but it but was a rough go for it. How does this uh, hot dog water death compare to uh, Sleepaway Camp hot dog water death? I picked Sleepaway Camp. Yeah, I feel like the makeup effects are a little bit better <laughs> in that film. Yeah. Uh, like, sure. this film does the... It's kind of like a... They do it as a shocking thing, where it's right. like, boom, head in the water, you see the makeup, then it's done. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a less elaborate take on the Halloween 2 hot water death. Yeah. Um, in Sleepaway Camp, as I recall, it's like corny as hell, where it's like, head in the water, right. he rises up, and like his skin's yeah. falling off, head in the water, yeah. rises up again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like that just yeah. terrible pervy... It's, yeah. Guys just biting it. It's it's a uh it, it's a more fun of a scene. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Because you want that guy to die. You do, yeah. He's he's a this guy we don't know him. Total shitbag. Yeah. Yes. So well, yeah. <laughs> so that guy dies. Yeah. And then there's uh, a couple that goes off to uh have some minecart 
um, dressing room sex. That's right. Yeah, where they shower down there. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this guy goes to go get a uh, yeah, like a beer or something, right? Yeah, he says he, I'll be back. Yeah, he's going to get some beers. Yep. And she goes to the showers. Yep. And this is my favorite kill in the movie. Yeah, I'm. I'm I mean, I'm there with you. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty great. So the Harry Warden, uh, air quotes. Yes. Grabs her by the head and rams her head into a shower spout. Right. And I think it looks so good. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, I do know, uh, I wrote down, they said her name. Her name's Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia. And John is her boyfriend who leaves her. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, she uh, she gets her head stuck into a water pipe or shower head, like you said. And he turns the water, turns the water on, on and it comes it's out of her out. mouth. Yep, it's pretty gnarly. Um, yeah, come, the guy comes back, thinks they're going to shower together because he's like, Ooh, yeah, shower time. So like, as I recall, this is happening concurrently with the girls finding the dude's head in the, uh, in the, the, uh, bridge, the hot dog water, hot dog water. Yep. (laughs) So these things happen concurrently, concurrently. And, uh, they, they all convene back to the dining hall. Now, before this, Mm -hmm. Hollis Breaks yep. off with uh, two of the girls. That's right. And Boom. is it Howard? Is yep. Howard the idiot's name? Yep, that's right. So they go on like a big tour of the mines. Yep. They're going to get on the mine cart and then go down and look at everything. Yep. And maybe have some side sex for, you know, one that's of the right. couples. Mm-hmm. So they leave and then all the stuff comes out to where like, oh shit, people are dying. Right. Harry Warren's here. Now that's when we get the TJ and Axel, uh, you know, super twins team up where they're like, we got to put aside our differences and go save. That's right. We got to save Sarah. Always remember the harmonica and whiskey times, bro. A little did they know that Sarah was in good hands with Hollis. That's true. I mean, Hollis, he could have taken care of her. Fine. Right. Let's be honest. Um, so, <laughs> uh, I would say the standout line in the movie, they come back, um, a car full of uh, these uh, kid miners who are 30 come back and they pull the sheriff over. Yep. And he's like, what's going Or he's yelling at him for driving so bad. Yeah. And they're like, we were having a party and Harry Warden started killing everybody. <laughs> That's a good line. It is good. <laughs> I have to imagine. I, I didn't watch the trailer. I probably should have. You have to imagine that line's in the trailer. Yeah, you would definitely think so. Like, that's the sizzle line. Yeah, absolutely. It's the best line in the movie. Yeah. I can't disagree. Did this stand out to you? Yeah, it was a good time. I like that line as well. So, now we've got the mission of... They they broke up the crowd. They, they got the party trimmed down, which was yep. absolutely needed. Yeah. So you have these last, like, 30 minutes where it just focuses on the characters that you're supposed to care about, but you didn't right. know you were supposed to care right. about. I will say this uh, this final set piece, um, I, I quite like it. Um, I do, too. It's kind of like a haunted house type mm-hmm. thing in the, in the bottom of this mine. It's very well done. You know, um, interesting comments from the director. Uh he was talking about the different lenses they used, and they tried mm-hmm. to go for, like, the Barry Lyndon thing since they were shooting in mm-hmm. a mine, and they'd have to use natural light. Right. But I, I believe he said, like, the apertures or something weren't, like, the okay. same size, so they okay. couldn't get it to look as good. Tough guy. Uh, I will say, and and we're going to talk about the quality of this release, you know, sure. after, um, kind of as a wrap-up, but I will say the special features that I watched anyways were actually pretty, pretty neat, and I just uh, skimmed, you know, the surface mm-hmm. of that. Uh, there's... 
interviews with like every single living actor oh, that, nice. from the movie and they're pretty lengthy the director's interview that i watched was like 30 minutes there's you know commentaries it, it's fully loaded very good very good but uh yeah, so tell me what you like so much about the set piece. Oh, well, first off, I, I wrote that uh, when Hollis and Howard are teamed up together, Yeah. Um, it, it's in my opinion that I want a buddy comedy with Hollis and Howard as the stars of the film. I think Like that, the, the fake scare they do? Yeah, I want that in uh-huh. a movie form. I think that would be great. You think they should have been the main stars? I do. Mm-hmm. To me, they were everything in this movie. Like, you feel like the TJ Axel stuff should have been... Drop to like like your B plot. Yeah, piss your, it away. Your dumb jocks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Hollis is the hero of the film. Yep. Howard, Howard is brings, his... brings the comedy. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I wanted those two. Like a straight up Laurel and Hardy. Heck yeah. Hollis and Howard. You heard me, America. <laughs> In Canada. In Canada. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean this. I, I just I, I like the, I just like the look of this of the mine. I, I think it's really well done. You, you know what shot I really like in the film that it was a moment to where I was like, oh, this film's actually shot really well. And then you know it's ruined by a terrible edit uh-huh. into a bad shot. Um, it's the shot where they go to the elevator shaft uh-huh. and they're just standing in front of the elevator and it's like a medium shot, but right. you have all this atmosphere. And it's them entering, like, the heart of the beast and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, this shot's actually good. Yep. Yeah. There's some decent stuff in there. Yeah, there is some. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get to a terrible shot later yeah. in the film yeah. that I have written yeah. out. That, that is fair. Um, so, I, there's a moment, like, I also like, like, there's a moment where we see the killer. Mm-hmm. And he starts taking his pickaxe and starts smashing the lights yeah, out. That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, they start hearing it and they're like, oh, it's rats. Right. And they're like, we need to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, then, like... Uh, oh, I also wrote down, um, during all this, uh, TJ uh-huh. um, has a very sick handkerchief game going yeah, on his Yeah, with the shirt unbuttoned. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. Um, yeah. so he's, he's really looking... trying to channel that Oliver Reed energy. Yeah, yeah definitely. I like that you brought that up. So he's, he's looking pretty fly there. Um, so also, so okay, so then, like, Howard, or I'm sorry, Hollis goes on his own. Uh, I wrote, he's a badass. Uh-huh. So Howard is left with the girls. Um, we learn a couple more characters' names, Mike and Harriet. Um, they, I think they went off and tried to, like, they wanted to they have sex. They wanted to have the sex. And they were like, be back in ten minutes. Uh-huh. But they didn't make it. They've been killed, we find out. Yeah, he, he sees that a, like, massive drill bit had yep. been used, Bay of Blood, yep. uh, Friday Part 2 style, yep. like, put them together. Yeah. Sadly, we don't get to see it. No, he talked about, yep. the director talked about it as if it was a thing that was cut and just... They didn't find it. Okay. Bummer, bummer. Um, then, the, for me, the saddest part of the film um, is Hollis's death. Um, the nail gun. He, he takes a couple nails to the head. Tough go for him. <laughs> um, I just wrote, uh, poor Hollis. Hollis should have lived forever. F my life. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you think about that kill, though? I uh, think it's an actually a pretty cool kill. Yeah, because he he's still standing. Yeah, he, he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. stumbling around. You know, he, he's he takes two it, nails man. to the face. He's like, he's trying. He's trying to keep going. And he crawls back kind of a warning to the others. Yeah. Yep. And then he falls dead. Falls dead. And his girlfriend goes catatonic. Yeah. And so, like, then she he, has to take a slap. 
She takes a slap. We see how weak Howard is. Howard leaves the girls. Yeah. Uh, Patty and Sarah. Sarah, like you said, Sarah slaps Patty. Mm-hmm. And uh, then, like, kind of Axel finds both of them and helps them out. So then we have uh, Patty, Sarah, Axel, mm-hmm. and TJ. And at this time, the chief shows up finally outside of the mines. And he just, like, waits there for, like, a long period uh-huh. of time. Like, why is he... What? Because the old man is people, I guess, working I guess. or something. <laughs> that kind of confused me a little bit. Yeah. Like, he's just chilling. You know, whatever. <laughs> so then, like, there's this moment. We, we get, like, a tall ladder. They're, they're uh-huh. trying to figure out how to get out of the, the mine. Yeah, so you get... And I, I really like this death reveal. Uh-huh. They're, they're climbing up the ladder. They try to build tension because these... Stupid Patty. Yeah. Using she doesn't take her freaking heels off. Right. And these heels are like Yeah. I mean they gotta be what, three inches? Something stupid. Yeah, they were they were pretty big heels, man. They're massive heels. Yeah. And you see her like climbing up these ladder and like almost falling. Yeah. So like Sarah's gotta get underneath her to like coax her into going up. It's like just take your fucking shoes off. That's man. true. Uh, I will sympathize one thing with Patty is uh being someone who is uh, also terrified of heights. Um I uh I Wrote down that uh, I would be freaking out as yeah, well. Yeah, but you would take your heels off. I wouldn't wear the heels up the, the ladder, for sure. I'd just drop them down. See, I would be fine because the ladder's attached to something. Right. If it was a freestanding ladder, no. Yeah, yeah. I would be done. I would yeah. rather <sighs> I'd rather fight the Harry Warden. I'll be honest, I don't know how, how it would go for me. Yeah. I, I would probably be shaking a lot. You would patty it. Yeah. You'd have to. I'd have to get underneath you and push you up. Yep. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they they go up and the body just flies down. Howard. Yeah. And it's awesome because he's lynched. It snaps and the head falls off. He gets decapitated, and they get so freaked out that they have to go down. It's like we can't go up there. I guess the thought behind that is like. Howard was lynched and pushed off. Right. So, like, obviously, Harry is up there. Also, right? Is yeah. that the thought? Okay. This is a minor quibble here, so uh-huh. sorry, everyone. I'm bringing it up. But his death does not make sense when you think about logistically that Axel has been with them. Uh-huh. But Howard just left them. So how did Axel kill him in the time that he was gone and, like... Right. So that's another thing that, so spoilers, um, we, we find out that, cause they do a lot of the, is TJ the killer? Is Axel the killer? Right. Like who's the killer? Yeah. Sorry. I should have, um, well, if you're still listening, you know, you, you, you know by now. Yeah. So logistically it doesn't make sense for either of these men to be right, the killer right. mm-hmm. because like just the spacing of where they are yeah. after like bodies and stuff are found. Yeah. But, yeah, you're right. It doesn't make much sense. I guess the thought is, well, Axel finds him as soon as Howard runs off, That's the thing. Yeah. Like, Howard leaves, Axel goes with the TJ doesn't find him first. I thought they were both together, but maybe I'm wrong. I think maybe TJ finds him first. Axel joins up after. Okay, okay. Okay, no, no, no. Here's what happens. Here's what I think happens. TJ and Hollis decide... That they need to go find that couple that are screwing. Okay. Hollis finds the couple. TJ's gone. Right. Hollis comes back with nails in his head. Yeah. Falls down dead. 
Howard runs off. Yep. Axel comes back. TJ's not there. Okay, okay. Now, it still doesn't make sense. Right. Because that means that... Somehow, TJ left in an instant to kill Howard. Uh, TJ didn't kill anybody. Or TJ's TJ. not the killer. Axel. I'm, no, I'm confused. Hax- Axel, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it's all messed up. Yeah. Because Sorry. when TJ comes back, he has a little blood on his head, and they make it seem like, right, right. well, maybe he killed someone. Yeah. And he says, oh, no, you yeah. know, like, I got hit, but I got away. Yeah. Sorry I brought this up, but it, but it, it No, did, no, uh, that's the thing, though, in the film, that's it. like, what's going on? Yeah. They do a bad job of, like, yeah. you know, it's just kind of thrown in at the end of, like, oh, this guy's a killer. Yeah, basically. So, after all this kind of happens, um, we get, like, a weird scene where we hear someone falling into water and then we look at it it appears that axel has fallen into like 60 foot deep yeah, water that's what uh tj says and he's like we we gotta leave we, we can't do leave anything him. for him yeah uh so they keep going patty uh then we see patty's death she takes a pickaxe to the stomach not yeah it's not a terribly exciting death it, no. it's kind of you know winding the movie down getting to our you know our last set yeah, piece we get a weird minecart chase at first like like the the killer and TJ are like doing a weird little dance of like hopping. In yeah, and cars. fighting with like shovel versus pickaxe. Yeah. Did you not like this scene? Uh, I thought it was a little dumb, but it's okay. Like, is it because the minecart was moving so slow? I think so. I think that's probably what threw like me the off action a bit. just wasn't like right. Yeah, everything felt in slow motion. It did. It did. You know, but it's it's all right. I, I'm a little probably a little too harsh on that, but yeah, it, it was fine for what it was. Uh huh. Um. So then, like. We get the chief, all the, finally, all the mine workers have all, like, arrived. Yeah, they start coming down. All these cars come, and then kind of all the, like, this leads to the big reveal. Uh, We find out who the killer is. Yeah, so I have written down, Axel Twist is okay, but undercooked. Yeah, yeah, basically, we just find out that, like, Harry Warden killed his dad when he was younger. Yeah, because his dad was one of the guys that didn't warn him about the methane. Right. And it caused the mine to collapse. Yeah. So Ax- yeah. So Axel comes, or not, Harry comes back <laughs> and kills Axel's dad. Axel's under the bed. Yeah. And he gets like the blood splattering, the, you know. Yep. On his, on his face you there. Know, the, the Kill Bill, you yep. know, sort yep. of thing going on. Yeah. He witnesses it on Valentine's Day. Which, again, like, I think if you do all of that sequence. And you still have the little boy, but you don't say the boy's identity. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's still an interesting story, and it doesn't feel as, mm-hmm. like, thrown in. Right. As a twist. Yep. That's just my thought. No. Like, it just felt the way it is shot and, like, presented, it, it's like, oh, and here's a twist, and this is why this happened. Like, there's no... Yeah, it was... It, it was doesn't feel forced. like there's any uh, context. It does feel forced. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, so we get that reveal. But um, I like the turn. And yeah, I like his, like, yeah. I like his voice after you find out where he's just like, ha, 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 yeah. ha, He has a, has a like, weird thing going. You'll be my Valentine. That's right. Um, yeah. He almost dies. Rocks fall on him. Yeah, so you get, the climax is him and TJ start having a, a battle and Sarah pulls the mask off revealing, you yeah. know, Axel and the, the mine in, you know, that room collapses. Yeah. It's the old, you know, forbidden room. It collapses on them. And they come back. Uh, TJ tells, you know, the townsfolk what happened. Sarah's like, I gotta go back. 
I need some closure because involved with this guy, right? Love triangles going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. You know, she's got to officially dump him before she can officially go with TJ, right? There you go. There you go. So she goes back, mm-hmm. his hand's sticking out, and it grabs her. <laughs> you know, you get that carry scare. That's right. Yeah. Where it, it grabs her. But yep. then you hear him, like, doing his weird, like, monologuing of just nonsense. Like, he, it's very much, like, mm-hmm. Black Christmas-inspired, like, right. Billy's here sort of nonsense. Yep. This is when we get some very bad editing. Yeah, there is some bad editing, but I actually like this ending. I think the shock of, like, him cutting his own arm off yep. and it's, then running away and, like, strange. Yep. Give you on. Right. Yeah, it, it's definitely um, weird. Yeah. I'm down with. Obviously. Yeah, it's a weird ending, mm-hmm. and I do like that, and I like how that, like, he he decided to take on the persona of Harry. Right. You know, Harry died at the hospital five years ago. Yep. Um, yep. So, uh, you know, Axel gets away. That's the movie. Yeah. Um, I wrote, it's the uh, ultimate Valentine's film about two boys fighting over the love of one woman. Yeah. So, happy Valentine's Day for that. And then over the credits, as we talked earlier... The and I do I think we are both serious in saying this is an absolutely great uh, song here, the Ballad of Harry Warden. Yeah, it's an excellent folk song by and, Paul Zaza. Yeah, and there is a really cool uh, a thing on the Blu-ray where he plays that song live. Oh, cool! I'll yeah, check that out. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Okay. Um. So, a summary of the film. I I would say we both feel the same. This is a mixed bag. I I have a lot of fun with this film in that like. I, I think conceptually it's so strong that I can't help mm-hmm. but be charmed by the good elements of the film. And I've only seen the uncut version of this film. I haven't seen the theatrical. I imagine the theatrical version is much worse because you don't get the sure. payoff to these kills. And I actually think the makeup effects are pretty good. They're not like Tom Savini good, but like they're pretty That's passable for like this yeah. type of thing. Especially when you compare it to like super popular movies from the time like prom night that has like yeah. no visual effects mm-hmm. yeah no absolutely absolutely um I, I i'm with you i mean this is this it i'm i'm very mixed on the movie as well but i i do think it's entertaining so like if you just go into it realizing you know there's some cool elements in there uh-huh. but um you know just don't look, be looking for a masterpiece by any means have some fun with it and it's kind of a slasher you know doing some something different so, what did you think of the new 4K print? Yeah, so this print looked great. Do you uh, recall watching I do. like the original? So, and and we'll talk about this in a minute, but um so when the remake came out, yep. right? So they put a DVD that was uncut. Like it was the uncut footage from, yep. you know, My Bloody Valentine. And I I think I got this like the day it came out and we watched it. Yeah. And that footage looked like it was cool to see the kills, Mm -hmm. but the footage looked like crap. Yeah, they they like it obviously looked like done anything to that. The lighting was different. Yeah. It It definitely fit with the film. Looked like it was on different film stock. Yeah. So like it it looked like it was pre like final cut channel version. Yeah, it, it, it just had like a weird washed out look to it. So for this 4K release of the uncut version, I'm very impressed. They've combined the elements of the film. I only noticed one sequence. Mm-hmm. Oh, that that is from the cut before. Yeah. It's actually when Hollis meets his end. Right. There's some discolorization yeah. in like a reaction shot, which is kind of a weird thing because there's no yeah. gore in it. Yeah. But no, um, I'm with you. That's that was basically the only time I noticed it as well. I mean, it's it's very well done. Um, anybody who's 
wants to see this movie, like this is the way to see it. Oh yeah. Um, I know it's streaming. I think on on Shutter right now, but is that print I, I, streaming? I think it's the theatrical cut. Now, I might be wrong on that because I was talking to our friend uh, Cooper, and he watched it recently, and I thought he said it was it didn't have the gore in it. So it didn't have the gore, right? So I, I'm thinking that might be the theatrical. I saw cut. he wasn't too hot on the film. Do you yeah. think he would like it more? If I, he saw the uncut. I think he would at least, because um, you know he's he's a gore hound as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he would uh, enjoy it a little more. Um, you'll know by the runtime if it says 90 minutes, it's the theatrical. If you're looking around the 93 minute area, uh-huh. that is the unrated version. Yeah, so that's the version to seek, seek out. out. The unrated. I mean, this Blu-ray. You know, if you're a fan of the film, it's worth getting. Like it, it is, the upgrade in the print alone, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's one of the finer uh, restorations that I think they've done as a company. Yeah, it, it's pretty impressive, especially um, us both seeing uh, how we both owned the DVD before. So, um, if you, if you like anything about this movie and are interested in buying it, uh, buy this version. Yeah, black levels are also, yeah. and, and that's super important in this type of film, mm-hmm. you know, because it's, it's half of it isn't a mind. Yeah. So, not having washed out blacks is very important. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I, I would say we both give just the, the release of this, you know, to yeah. this set a thumbs up. Heck yeah. Um, so I I wanted to tackle and we'll, we'll close out the show with this. I feel like some of these films don't get talked about as much, and I just wanted to pimp out each of us pimp out three movies movies that we like that are I, I know I sent you very specific rules. I wanted to talk about slasher films. Yes, that are post Halloween, so they're trying to cash in. It's during the slasher craze. So, you know, your Black Christmas and Psycho, those are out. Italian slashers are out because those obviously have different influences than trying to make money off of Halloween's coattails. That being said, yes. what are three slasher films that you would recommend? Yes. So, okay, number three, I'm going to go with The Burning. All right. This is directed by Tony Malam or Malam, I'm sorry. This is from 1981. I think that's the time. Is that in the right time period? Yeah. Okay, we'll say it is. So you guys should all check this one out. This is a summer camp movie, kind of in the vein of like Friday the 13th. Starring Jason uh, Alexander. Jason Alexander's in it. George Costanza. George right? Costanza himself. This is based on the Cropsey legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those interested, uh, it has some Absolutely fantastic kills um, done with uh, the effects by uh, the uh, magnificent um, by uh, Tom, uh, Savini. Tom Savini. Thank you. Pretty nasty and gnarly effects on this movie. And uh, I have a good time watching this one. I've seen it a couple times. There's also a Blu-ray that uh, Scream Factory's put out for this one as well. So if you're interested in uh, that sort of thing, seek that one out. I need to revisit it because... When I first watched it, it was like, I appreciate the craft behind the kills, but I couldn't get into the story. Pretty sure this is a film that many people cite as one of the best non-franchise slasher films. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely one of my faves. And I, I think the, the Cropsey, like the folklore stuff behind it is what yeah. gives people the passion behind yeah. this film. Absolutely. So good, good pick. That's my number three. What do you uh, got? For number three, I've got uh, a film that you and I have talked about. Uh, it released in, uh, I believe, 86 or 87. But it, I think it was filmed in 82, uh, Blood Rage. Ah, yes. So, Absolutely. Was this our very first episode that came out? If if it was... 
It was, was early close. on. It yeah, was, it was last. So I'm not gonna talk too November. Much about, yeah, I'm not gonna talk too much about this film. Yep. Um, because we did a full episode on it, but uh, is directed by uh, Dr- John Grismer, and it is excellent. It's a holiday themed horror film where you have an excellent, excellent performance, a dual role going on. I'm not gonna say much more. Check the film out. If you like the movie, when you watch it, go back and listen to uh, that early episode we did on Blood Ridge. It's and a lot of fun. Absolutely. Don't forget the lime cranberry sauce. <laughs> uh, sorry, good pick. Uh, okay, my number two. I'm going with Alice Sweet Alice. This is directed by Alfred Soule. Um, this is probably... Now that I'm looking you at You broke it, the rules! I broke the rule. I didn't realize. Uh, 1972, <laughs> isn't it? 76. 76! Yeah, um... So I uh, I, I completely broke the rule. I, I'll, I probably, I'll talk about this movie. It's a good movie. I probably should have looked at the uh, year it came out before right now. So I apologize. <laughs> Don't be too mad at I'm me. I'm not mad I'm at sorry. you. I'm <laughs> sorry. This, this is not ripping off Halloween. <laughs> I like this movie a lot. <laughs> it's also known as Communion or Holy Terror. I'm not going to change right now because I've already committed to this. And, uh-huh. uh, it'd probably take me a while to try to find a new movie to talk about. So uh, I'll just say um, everyone should seek this movie out. It's uh, very good. Um, I, it used to be streaming on uh, Amazon. It's also uh, got a nice Blu-ray from... Uh, uh, Arrow. Uh, yeah, that just came out so, within the last six um, months. I like this movie a lot. It's got a creepy and dis- and disturbing mask. Uh, it's a very strange film. Left me quite unsettled the whole way through. It's excellent use of space and voyeurism. Not only a disjointed perspective, but also one that feels a bit childlike in its angles and close-ups. And uh, I love the locations used in this movie. They add to like a very grimy and uncomfortable overall feel. Kind of a nasty atmosphere going on. So, anyway. Sorry I broke the rules. How do you happen to do this anytime we do a list? <laughs> Not even even trying, you still yeah, break I, the rules. Yeah, I actually didn't. I, I wasn't trying to break the rules this time. I feel a little embarrassed right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really should have looked up the uh, the year. I, I just assumed it was... Uh, An 80s film? Yeah, you know, that that's my fault. That's uh, funny, I'm sorry. man. Number two, The Prowler from Joseph Zito. Nice. I think this is the best Tom Savini special effects work. Outside of Day of the Dead. Yeah, this is a good one. Mm-hmm. As far as, like, realistic kills, I don't think you get much better. The kills in this film are phenomenal. Like, he is at the top of his game in this film. There's not really that many, like, characters that stand out. It's just a very well-directed film. Yeah. Um, you know, off of this film, Joseph Zito got Friday Part 4, right. which is, I'd say, we'd say the high point of I mean, that franchise. Absolutely. His direction's excellent. And uh, the movie, it it does something very similar to My Bloody Valentine, where it takes the mythos of this killer, and it does the whole, like, 20 years later, and, you know, kids start getting cut up and stuff, and the suit looks good, it's a World War II, like, veteran suit, or, like, a, like, a, like, a sneaking suit, he's got, like, this weird grass mask or something, like, a netted thing. It's very strange. And he's wearing just a a soldier's (laughs) uniform. And it looks awesome. He It kind of looks like an undead... If you ever watched uh, Heavy Metal, the sequence with the uh, airplane with yep. the World War II, very good. It's it's a good, distinctive look. Man, those special effects are great. Joseph Zito went on to direct so many canon films. I think we talked about Joseph Zito a bit on our Friday the 13th episode. we did. So if you want to hear more about Joseph Zito and his works... Check out that Friday the 13th episode we recorded uh, so many weeks back. Yes. But yeah, The Prowler. Fucking rad. All right, good pick, man. 
All right. Uh, for my number one, um, I've got Slumber Party Massacre 2. This is from 1987, directed by Deborah Brock. Uh, I love this movie. In fact, for the uh, the uh, occasion, I'm wearing a Slumber Party Massacre 2 shirt mm-hmm. that uh, Melanie got for me for Christmas. So rocking that out. Um, anyone who has not seen uh, the first one, you should check it out as well. That that one's a little more well-known. This is my favorite of the two. Um, this involves a killer who has a guitar, basically, with a drill at the end of it. Mm. Um, basically, um, the movie uh, is about uh, a lady, I believe, who is a virgin, and um, this killer starts killing people with his drilled dick, um, basically. Oh, okay. Um, it's like a seven situation? Yeah, basically that going on, you know. Um, but, I haven't um, seen this film. I've seen the first one, and it, yeah. as I recall, isn't it it's, kind of like white, dumb fun? Yeah, it's dumb fun. Uh, definitely the uh, drill is a metaphor, if you're looking for that sort of thing, which I do, which I think is a lot of fun. There's also a, a lot of uh, very uh, interesting body horror, a lot of a lot of Cronenberg-esque body horror oh. going on in this movie as well. Some pretty... Uh, so, uh, rough uh, face uh, punctures going on as well. So okay. um, some interesting things going on. I, I love this movie. It's a fun time. Sadly, uh, it used to be on a double Blu-ray with some... They, they made three of them at the yeah. Slumber Party Massacre. It was on a double disc with Slumber Party Massacre 3 from Screen Factory. It's now out of print. So uh, this Blu-ray, there is, it, it's not available. So I think it is streaming, though, on Amazon Prime for those interested. Hmm. So uh, I would highly recommend you all check it out. It is a very uh, fun time and one that I love. Very good. All right. What do you got, man? Number one for me. I'm sure you know this. Terror Train. Very nice. Very nice. I love this movie, man. So it's directed by Roger Spotswood. Spotswood? We've had some weird names today. Yeah. Um. So this guy actually went on to have like... Probably the biggest career out of the people we talked about. He did uh, Turner and Hooch. Okay. He did uh, Tomorrow Never Dies. Okay. Sixth Day with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mm-hmm. So he went on to make um, some Hollywood films. Okay. And Terror Train is his first uh, first movie, horror film. It's got Jamie Lee Curtis in prime Jamie Lee Curtis Scream Queen mm-hmm. fashion. I really dig the story of this film. I think they do a good job of building up um, the antagonist and his plight. And the gimmick is really good and fun. So it is a costume party for a bunch of, I believe, um, undergrad med students Mm -hmm. are on a train. They rented a train out for New Year's uh, for graduation or something is going on. They hire a magician played by David Copperfield. He's super young in this. The gimmick is... It's a costume party, and every time the killer kills someone, he switches costumes. So you have right. all of these distinctive costumes. You know, you get a Groucho Marx costume in there, a lizard man, mm-hmm. an old hag. It, it's very fun. It's a fun movie. The kids are enjoyable, and the, the story is actually very solid for this type of film. And it's sharply directed I, I really dig this film a lot. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. That's one I should revisit sometime. Yeah, and I think that uh, maybe Eureka or somebody's uh, putting it out. Because uh, the, the Scream Factory Blu-ray is out of print, I think. Okay. And I know Twilight Time maybe put one out um, a few months back. But I think it's getting a reissue, the, the 4K print that they just did a couple okay. of years ago. That's getting a reissue. I think Kino is going to be the ones putting that back out. And I think that comes out this spring. 
Okay. Okay. I might be wrong on this, but I feel like I read that on the Blu-ray. Yeah, here we get we got it right here. I'm I'm looking it up here. Um, uh, Ronin Flicks put this out. Ronin Terra Train. Okay. Yes, uh, it is it is on sale for twenty eight dollars right now on their site. All um, right. For nice. Anybody who wants to. Uh, Look into that. And that's a new print. So it's an upgrade over the Scream Factory one. Yeah, dude, I I love this film. And just real quickly, you know, we'd be remiss, especially since Nolan wasted one of his picks. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that. Um, You know, Sleepaway Camp's excellent. Absolutely. Um, You know, if I would have been... House on Sorority Row. Yeah. Sleepaway Camp, you know, if I would have been thinking a little more, I could have put that one on. Yeah. I just, you know... I love Alice, Sweet Alice. It was just on my mind. I'm, right. I'm very sorry. Well, no, no. You're fine. I, I like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But, yeah, you um, know? Yeah. It didn't... It didn't Dick. break the rules. You broke the rules. Look. At least you didn't have four movies written down. That's true. I, I didn't... In my defense, I didn't mean to break the rules right. this time. It was a slip up. Yeah. Just like the Astros. Sometimes, well, that's a whole different thing. They slip up a lot. <laughs> All right. So, outside of the big franchises, if you haven't watched that many post Halloween, pre Nightmare on Elm Street, you mm-hmm. know, horror films, you should check them out. There's a lot of fun stuff there. And it yes. was like the wild, wild west of slasher films. It was like a new one was coming out every single week. Right. Uh, high concept, just some are just filled with nonsense, creative violence. Yep. Yeah, the, it's a fun fun time for, you know, horror films. Absolutely. So, I, I really dig a lot of these films. I always love catching new ones. I know you're always buying new ones that you see from uh, these boutique labels that sure. put them out. Yep, absolutely. It's a lot of fun. A lot of good stuff. You should I, get I, in on that yeah. shit. There's artistry behind it. Yeah, I, I just bought one um, two days ago called uh, Edge of Edge of the Axe. Yeah. That Harold put out. This is, it's a, I believe it. A Spanish-American production, but it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff that, like, uh, I, I hadn't even heard of that one. And um, so you're going you're gonna to find all kinds of things, and you never know. You might find some gems out there. That's right. Well, I had a lot of fun talking about these movies today. Yeah, absolutely. We've got some big, big stuff coming up. Big episodes. Long episodes, probably. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So this was kind of refreshing to yeah. like get back into the format of talking about a film. Yep. Do you got any final words? No, had a good time. Um, enjoyed the episode, man. Very good, good. Good getting back in with you. Yeah. Happy uh, late Valentine's Day, everyone. I love you all. My heart goes out to you. Happy late Valentine's Day. Happy El President's Day. Yeah. That's coming up on Monday. Enjoy the three-day weekend for those that get one. I, I don't. I do. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm glad you do. You, you're going to do something fun and productive that day, I'm right? Sure, I'm sure of it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, uh, before we get out of here, uh, you can find us at uh, Cinema Parlor on uh, iTunes, on SoundCloud. Uh, you can find me at Chuck Madden Jr. on Twitter and on Letterboxd. You can also find the uh, Cinema Parlor on Twitter as well. Yeah. Cinema Parlor on the Twitter. Yes. You? S Glover 84 on Letterbox. I, uh, you know, if you follow me, I'll, I'll probably follow you back. I, dude, within the last week, just a ton of people started following me. Very so nice. I'm like, I'm going to send the love back. Very good. Uh, yeah. I, I don't, I don't really use this as a social media app, but, uh, 
Yeah, you know? it's one of those apps that's fun. You can send either, people love. You can use it as one or you don't, but it's it's a fun app no matter what. Anybody out there should get Letterbox if you don't have it. It's yeah, it, it helps you keep track of stuff. Yes, it, it helps. It helps our fading memories that we both have. I think. Yeah, mine are real bad. Mine are too. not on movies though. I remember everything I watch. I yeah. <laughs> uh, lastly, I will like we would like to thank our editor and producer Melanie. Uh, you can find her at Plastic Werewolf on Twitter, and uh, she keeps the show running. So thank you for all you do. Yeah, we we wouldn't be able to do this without her. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody, and we'll talk to you soon. Love and kisses. Bye-bye. I'm just a guitar man. That's all I am. And girl, I don't expect you to understand I just play my song And right or wrong My music's all I need to get along Women and wine don't thrill me like they used to And I don't build no castles in the sand Sometimes at night I think I'd like to hold you to me But I just need my songs and playing with